Welcome back to the Make Marketing Easy podcast. I'm your host, Joel Gaslin, and I'm grateful you're here. My guest today is Dr. Don Downer. Don is a partner in Clay Eye Physicians and Surgeons, a 10-physician group in Jacksonville, Florida. Several years ago, Don and his partners introduced femtolaser-assisted cataract surgery into their practice. Don talks about how he and his partners did this, what steps they took to be successful, and other stories and tips along the way of uh, things they've learned. So thanks a lot for stopping by. I hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, how did you begin your laser-assisted cataract surgery program in your practice, and, and how was the staff involved when you started that process? Yeah, we started we started that program about three to four years ago now. And, uh, you know, the first thing we did was, you know, get our surgery schedulers and our technicians on board. Um, you know, basically, before the technology was even present in our practice, we showed them videos. Um, we discussed, you know, the technology with the patient, or with our staff, and, 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 and we kind of went, we started that way. Shortly after that, once the laser was actually incorporated into our practice, we then took our surgery schedulers to the operating room so they could observe patients actually undergo laser-assisted cataract surgery. And uh, ultimately, we, we have 70 employees, and ultimately we, we move every employee through the operating room at some point during their training so that way everybody's in, in involved and can see the technology with their own eyes. It helps uh, significantly when you step out of the room and the patient's asking your technician or staff member what they think of cater laser cataract surgery. A lot of times you'll hear the technician say, I've seen it with my own two eyes. It's great. It's cool. I've seen the patients post-op. They see great. And that really, you know, solidifies in the patient's mind that uh, laser cataract yeah. surgery would be so beneficial. So in, in your experience, what did you see in terms of how do they, how did your staff, how did they, how did what they actually saw compare to what they believed they would see when they went over there to watch? Yeah, I, I mean, many of our staff members have never been in an operating room before. Um, so, you know, you, you could argue that, you know, just being in the operating room was probably an impressive thing for them. Um, but seeing the laser technology, you know, actually do the capsulotomy, make the incisions, do the arcuates, I mean, they were just well, That's very, an interesting take. So looking back, you'd maybe say that uh, that as you move forward, you would probably – just have a part of new employees. They come in. They're going to go spend time in the OR. Or is that that's sort of what I took from your comment? Huh? Right. That's yeah. And right because we're, right now we're working on you know we're always working and tweaking our you know uh, tech training and staff training protocols. Or sorry, get I keep saying that, but get a staff member into the office and into the operating room and see laser assisted cataract surgery because I really think that that's a big part of helping these you know, helping the staff understand what they need to know and explain to patients. In January, you did a presentation down at the Telling It Like It Is meeting uh, in Naples, Florida, and your, the title of your talk, which is wonderful, was What Are Patients Paying For With Laser-Assisted Cataract Surgery? Uh, will you please tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so while, while we're down there, we're talking about the, the different things that patients are actually paying for because... You know, oftentimes we'll hear physicians say, well, you know, what are patients paying for? What are they getting from this technology? And I think probably the first and most important to think, thing to think about is that patients are paying for laser LRIs. Um, plenty of practices in the past have had 
patients pay for manual LRIs. And I think that the most important thing is to understand that what patients are paying for, what CMS is allowed, is for femto-assisted laser arcuate incisions. So that, that's the first thing that patients are paying for. Patients are also paying for, you know, the technology that you're bringing into your practice to give them the best outcomes possible. You know, that may include Pentacams, upgraded IOL masters, lens stars. These are all, you know, technologies that are expensive. And in order for us to give patients the best refractive outcome, we like to use those um, technologies. So patients are paying for that. We incorporate that into the fee that patients pay for. You know, the laser also does manual, uh, sorry, the, la the laser also does the incisions. It also does the capsulotomy. It also does the, the, the chop. And although that's nice for me, and I think that makes the surgery easier for me, you know, that's not really something we can say the patients are, I guess, paying for as far as CMS goes. But I, I think it makes a big difference in my hands to do cataract surgery with the Shifting over a little bit to sort of in, in the practice and, and I guess I would almost call it market segmentation of patients or even just sort of thinking about how to roll it out to a patient. What do you see or what is the role and importance of the patient questionnaire in your laser cataract surgery program? Well, we we have a questionnaire that's pretty generic um, about cataracts in general, um, you know, asking the patients if they're having difficulty seeing at night, difficulty reading. Uh, it's kind of a standard questionnaire. We then have additional questionnaires that, that we used to use, but patients sometimes fill them out, sometimes they don't. So, what a lot of the physicians in our practice will do is, you know, take the extra time to figure out, you know, is this patient a night driver? Does this patient uh, depend heavily on reading? Um, is the patient coming in with glare and halos? Because that helps, you know, drive the direction and the conversation a little bit. And then we also talk to the patient about their options, and we kind of present it as one, two, three, four, you know, that you can have laser-assisted cataract surgery, with a multifocal implant, you can have laser with a toric, or you can have laser with a monofocal implant, and um, or you can have the standard cataract surgery. And we kind of go through those options with patients, and they tell us, you know, through a conversation of what they want, we kind of sort of, you know. You mentioned that you talk through them with their options. When is the first time or sort of at what stage of the, of the process do they hear about, uh, hey, I'm going to have some options to think about for my cataract surgery? Well, if, if a patient comes in through our office who's seen one of our non-operating MDs or one of our optometrists, they'll oftentimes hear about laser technology before they're sent over to the, uh, to the surgeon. If they come to the practice and they're, it, it, they're referred from an outside optometrist, a lot of times we'll try to get them information in their hands, either via mail or email, um, to, you know, to kind of briefly discuss that there is an option for laser and we'll determine if you're a good candidate. When the, um, and those are some of the major things that we use. A lot um, heavy referral practice. You know, a lot of our patients have been around for 30, 40 years. They've come in because of the name over these years. And so a lot of patients will come in with blurry vision and those patients, we don't know, you know, do they need glasses? Is it a cataract? Do they have an epiretinal membrane? So a lot of those patients will hear about laser cataract surgery for the first time at that moment. But at the same time, those patients have been coming to the practice for such a long time that, you know, they trust us with their care. And when we go through the different options, you know, 
they're happy to discuss. So, decisions. with these patients, it sounds like you have a, a long, you know, the, the um, a long history in the practice, and you have a, a large patient base that is coming in sort of on a regular basis. How do you communicate or stay in touch with these folks to try and cultivate referrals from them, knowing that you know, roughly fifty-five to sixty percent of patients come from past patients? How do you, what, what? How do you do that? Well, right, right now, probably our our main driver is, you know, using the internet and, and email and we'll occasionally send out email blasts, um, to patients on different topics, including, you know, cataract surgery, dry eye. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably one of the main drivers and, you know, laser cataract surgery is is really just an easy conversation to have with patients because they've heard the term laser and eye surgery for such a long time you know, with LASIK and YAG lasers and glaucoma lasers and retina lasers, usually that's, it's just really an easy conversation to have. And patients, most patients actually want the laser. They don't all right. want to pay for the laser, but right. they pretty much... Uh, how do you respond, Don, to physicians who say the laser slows me down? I would I would say that they need to visit a practice. I mean, it... it the laser may add an extra hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours tops to an entire operating room day. And, you know, if you do 15 cataracts without a laser and you're done at noon, but you do 15 cataracts with the laser and you're done at 1.30, I mean, it took a little bit longer, but the doctor who did the 15 cataracts with 15 femtos did 30 procedures and the doctor who did 15 cataracts without the femto right. did 15 cataracts. And, you know, I think, you know, it does take a little bit longer, but you're compensated for your time. So I just... Right. So you, you just know, sort you of look at different way. metrics. So it's either cases per hour or, uh, and there should be, yeah, cases revenue per, per hour. hour. Yeah. 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 How do you think about the market you serve uh, in the Jacksonville area in, in terms of size and and you know how how do you reach it and and what strategies do you use i guess we talked a little bit about email anything else that we missed in that part of it or how how do you you have a marketing person who does that for you or how, how do you think about that yeah we 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 do we do have a marketing person and she she handles uh much of what we do um but you know probably the biggest thing is is you know, we've expanded from two offices to four offices, so we have a larger geographic, you know, coverage. Um, we see a lot of patients. And, you know, I, I think that it's just, you know, word of mouth has really been a big thing. I mean, you know, we're, you know, two of our offices are really kind of in almost rural parts of Jacksonville. And when we started doing laser cataract surgery, I mean, you know, the debate was, you know, could we even do, you know, five or 10 lasers a month um, as an entire practice? And, you know, now we do more like 10 to 20 lasers per operating surgeon per month. And, you know, I, I think all of us have been pleasantly surprised at the number of patients who actually want this technology. I mean, it's just, you know, it almost markets itself. I mean, I, it, it's hard to believe. I mean, if somebody puts up a billboard, you know, nobody is going to just, if you've been a patient of a practice for 20 years, they don't just leave and go to another practice. They call your practice and say, do you offer the laser? The answer is yes, we Great. do. So they're happy to hear it. They're glad that you offer the latest technology. They don't always choose it, but they want to know that they're coming to a, you know, practice that offers the latest and greatest. And, sure. You know, staying yeah, up that sounds times. great. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the importance of having a family member or caregiver in the room during an evaluation and a discussion about cataract surgery? Yeah, I think that's critical. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, when patients start having discussions about money, you know, they'll they'll say that, well, you know, I, I really don't need to pay for that or I don't mind wearing glasses. And, you know, the number of times you'll hear a spouse say, you know, we have plenty of money saved. I, I don't know why you, you, you know, you would cheap out on your eyes. Or, you know, you'll hear a, a spouse say, you know, I, I really want you to have the best. Um, and, you know, so a lot of times, you know, a spouse or a son or daughter, you know, who've gone on YouTube or on the Internet and, you know, and kind of researched this, you know, they want their family members to have, you know, the best technology and the best opportunity to see as clear as they possibly can. And so I think I really think it's a I really think it's a big a big part of of conversion, uh, whether it's laser or you know multifocal torques. I mean that whole package sure. having a family member there. Is, what percent, is uh, just roughly, of your patients do you think come in with some sort of research already done and sort of have something in mind before they even walk in the door? It, the number is pretty high. I mean it's it's probably sixty percent, seventy five percent, somewhere in that range. If they have not done the research themselves, you know, their spouse, you know, sibling or one yeah. of their children has, you know. Uh, I mean, I had a gentleman come in a couple weeks ago who, you know, he wasn't interested in the laser. And when he came in at the pre-op, his son was there who was college age. It was like, no, nah, <laughs> my dad's getting the laser, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I mean, he, he, he basically, you know, just kind of moved, moved the needle in that direction. And that's where yeah. family members are really helpful, um, you know, for some of the patients to make these decisions. When you have discussions about astigmatism, you know, patients who've no, known they've had astigmatism their whole life, again, that discussion is, is pretty straightforward and pretty easy to have. And, you know, but having a family member there to say, look, you haven't seen well your whole life. I mean, now is the time to, to, to go for it. Yeah. And, uh, it really makes Yeah, because I've heard, uh, a, uh, no, no, but I've heard, Many people say that their process begins uh, sort of binary, that they say, look, do you want to wear glasses or don't you? And and if a patient responds one way or another, it takes them down the process. And I've always been struck by, does it really have to be a binary procedure? Because it's not just, do you want to wear glasses or don't you? It's really more about how do you, how do glass, how would a life without glasses impact your life or, you know, something like that? Or what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, the, 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 only, the only thing about that that, you know, is kind of the word of caution is that, you know, a, a lot of people think coming in and having cataract surgery, you know, I mean, I've had plenty of patients walk in and say, oh, I'm so excited that you told me I have a cataract. I can't wait to get out of glasses. Well, you know, so, you know, when patients make those kind of statements and, you know, they have two, two units or two diopters of astigmatism and then they have cataract surgery and they don't understand why they still have to wear glasses when their friends don't have to wear glasses, it's really an important sure. part of the conversation to have. And, um, you know, again, it, it's not everything. I've had plenty of patients say, I want the laser because I want the best, and if I have to wear a little bit of glasses, that's fine. But, you know, the, the cataract surgery can result in a significant amount of disappointment if patients are coming there thinking that they're going to be out of glasses and they didn't really think through the whole process. Um and, you know, those patients could be really time-consuming. So it's really important to have that discussion up front. You know, you know we're going to do the cataract surgery. We're going to do the laser. 
you know, our goal is to get you out of glasses, or it's not. Again, you can do the laser with, you know, all, you know, maybe that that's not necessarily the goal. Um, but, but I think that that has to be discussed on the front end because I think most patients who come in from cataract surgery think that after cataract surgery, there'll be glasses. Or- so when you think back to when you were starting uh, or sort of considering getting into femtolaser cataract surgery, what was the how did you go about your process of thinking through and about how you get started? Well, in, in, in a larger practice that, you know, making these kinds of decisions are, are definitely more difficult than, uh, you know, if you're in a solo practice or maybe a two-person practice. Um, you know, it's hard to convince a lot of the guys to want to go out there and spend, you know, $500,000 plus maintenance contracts and all these things to, to get a laser. And um, so, you know, we had a couple of guys in our office who were not against the laser, but were certainly against <laughs> yeah. paying for one. <laughs> and we had a couple of guys in the practice who were really, you know, diehard wanted to have access to the laser because the technology was in town and we, we wanted to make sure we kept up with everybody else. And, you know, ultimately, you know, the happy medium was to go with SightPath and, and do the roll-on, roll-off. And, I mean, that's worked far better. Oh, great. Yeah, and we're, we're grateful for that. I wasn't looking for a plug there, but I'm grateful for it. So thank you. Where do you see the, the femtosecond uh-huh. laser in ophthalmology in five to ten years, Don? Well, I, I, the units are going to get faster. The boxes are going to get smaller. Um and, you know, I think the technology, the laser, is just going to get better. I think there's going to be incorporation of aura or technologies like that where you have some form of intraoperative aberrometry that is going to be better than what's available today. I think the technology, you know, that takes into account, uh, you know, astigmatic effects and LRI, nomograms, those are all going to be significantly improved. So... You know, I just think it's going to keep getting better and better. I mean, we're still in, you know, in the beginning phase of, of laser cataract surgery. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's uh, it's going to be exciting next five to ten years. What have I not asked you about that perhaps you'd like to talk about when you t- think about your sort of like your upgraded cataract surgery program? No, I, I think um, you know there's there's some doctors out there who really love it. There's some out there who really don't, and I would just encourage, you know, to, you know, encourage physicians to give it a shot for themselves and see what they think, you know, um, you know, our, our, in our practice, you know, we are one of our most senior operating physicians, you know, wasn't really for it, and now he's our highest volume <laughs> femto-cataract surgeon. So I think, you know, really, really, I think it's really important that, you know, if, if you want to have an opinion on femtocataract surgery, try it first. If you believe that LRIs are beneficial to patients, LRIs are as good. I don't think there's any study. I mean, femto LRIs are as good. I don't think there's any studies out there currently that say they're better than manuals. But, you know, many residents these days don't even get trained on how to do manual LRIs. So, I mean, uh, I think that that's where femto has been great. We have a lot of general ophthalmologists who never did LRIs or did very few who have now have access to very accurate LRIs. Um, so anyway, I think that that's the big thing is, you, you know, if, if you're unsure about the technology, you can certainly give it a try. Um, 
and it wouldn't cost you or your patients very much to do that and and do an evaluation for yourself. I think that that's I think that would be an important yeah, thing to keep in mind. Okay, well, uh, I'm certainly grateful to have you uh, on the podcast with me. It's always a, a pleasure to visit with you. So as a sort of a closing question, just to, if you were going to be anything other than a doctor, what would you be and why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I always, I always kind of go anything other than a doctor, probably a pilot. Uh, I, I, I grew up, you know, with a significant love for airplanes and oh, flying all, right. all airplanes and, you know, considered considered the military at one point. I mean, so, you know, I have three flight surgeons oh, okay. as partners. So we oftentimes will hear hear all the good old stories of of the military. So, you know, maybe maybe have you a told pilot, the stories about landing surgeon. on aircraft carriers and all that sort of stuff? Uh yeah, yeah, they've told me some of the stories. Some of them I'm <laughs> glad I wasn't there. <laughs> and uh or being or hanging from a rope over a nuclear sub is have to bring up an injured person. I mean, oh, there's, there's well, definitely some well, stories there for sure. <laughs> well, that's it from episode number three of the Make Marketing Easy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm grateful you're here. And until next time, please like us on iTunes. And remember to go to makemarketingeasy.com to look for show notes, read the transcripts of this interview, sign up for our newsletter, and get lots of tips on how to make marketing easy. Have a great day.